you're within earshot today of these words, then God's blessing is for you. At home, on site, online, wherever these words travel, his blessing travels to you, to your children, to their children. God, we just receive your blessing. We don't quite know where to file it. We don't know what it means, but we know that it means your goodness is pouring out onto people. Today, in real time, in this moment, God, your blessing is pouring out over us. And we just, we don't even have words. We just receive and just trust that you're doing this for for us so that we might be a blessing to others. Thank you, Jesus. Your work on the cross makes this blessing possible. That we might get to feel loved, to feel the full weight of your power and love, God. Pray that for every person in the room, every soul tuning into these words. In your matchless name, Jesus, in your one-of-a-kind name, amen. You can have a seat if you're here on site at home. Thanks for joining us. Holy Toledo, like there's, <laughs> that was God's blessing. It is hard to describe, but something's happening in that moment where we get to experience his goodness. Well, welcome Heartland. So glad that you're here with us and uh, whether it's at home or, or here on site, thanks for being here. I'm here with Tom Bronner uh, and uh, we're both gonna co-host today because it's a special Sunday. But uh, before we get to the specialness of this Sunday, I uh, want to give you one uh, family announcement and that's to start thinking about your closets and how squished they are and how little room there is because we're gonna ask you to, to thin those out in the next month because Adelante Thrift, the uh, um, thrift store that we help support by uh, boosting their inventory uh, every every couple months uh, is, is going to happen next month. So now's the time to kind of identify the things that you could uh, donate, and we'll tell you more about that in a little while. Thanks. Yeah, uh, while we're on the subject of generosity, just want to say thank you for all the way that ways that you guys continue to be generous, whether it's financially, whether it's with your presence, whether it's... Uh, uh, starting to kind of walk back towards the volunteer uh, opportunities we have for ministry, uh, whether it be in children's or hospitality or uh, just kind of the growing number uh, of folks uh, that are uh, feeling comfortable about uh, becoming more involved is just really, really encouraging. So I uh, just want to say thank you for that. Um, also, want to bring Seth Davidson up onto the stage. There he is. Hey, Seth. Yeah. Hello. If you uh, didn't get to see it, Seth and our team filmed a video this week that brings you up to speed on the transition that's happened for the Davidsons. And, and I'd encourage you to, to watch that. It's on our YouTube feed and you can find it uh, on our website as well. But, uh, but Seth, thanks for being here to preach what is a final sermon and I'm going to let Tom take yeah, it. Yeah, uh, interesting moment in our history is as we move toward uh, our future, uh, it's springtime here at Heartland and we're excited about what God has for all of you and all of us. And uh, for the Davidson family, uh, it's a different kind of springtime, but a very real uh, faith adventure uh, nonetheless. Seth and Holly 
are uh, stepping towards uh, a new next. And uh, this will be Seth's uh, final Sunday here at Heartland. And I just want to just uh, rewind for a minute to just uh, express my heart for the goodness of God and, and uh, his generosity in, in letting us have you and your family uh, for so many years. And for, for uh, my wife and I, uh, our friendships with Seth and Holly go back to their college days when they were a part of our leadership and uh, training program and involved in countless ways uh, in ministry with all of us, and particularly uh, with our Ozark family adventure, uh, family vacation experience. And um, they were instrumental in building that and giving it texture and essence and just love and uh, a formational presence. And for that, we'll be uh, forever grateful. Uh, 24 years of that. But Seth personally, after his leadership and training project experience, uh, entered our MAP program, which at th that time was uh, a seminary equivalency program called the Ministry Apprenticeship Program. And uh, for five years, he was at Shoal Creek Community Church, uh, one of our church plants, that uh, uh, he went to establish the leadership and training program there and ministered there for five years. Uh, having completed that, it was back to Heartland, or more specifically, on the uh, Heartland K-10 church plant. You're making me sound old. Pardon me? You're making me sound old. Well, just hang around with me, and uh, you'll always I feel be better. a kid, right? Perfect. Um, but at any rate, um, he was on that church plant, but was kind of satellited off to Lawrence to kind of cover that ministry base for that church plant. But things there progressed to the degree that uh, we planted vintage church, Seth and Holly did, and a group of leaders uh, to be their own church that continues to bear, uh, bear fruit today. But after eight years there, right? Wait for it. <laughs> Another seven or eight years back here. And, you know, I think it's a beautiful symmetry that we get to have you here to say thank you and to say incredibly well done. Incredibly well done. Thank you. We wanna, we wanna honor you today, and Holly as well. We wanna honor just the depth of your contribution, the power of your commitment to this community and the deep love and compassion with which you have um, executed everything that you do here. So um, you're truly a shepherd and a man after God's own heart. And, um, and Holly, you are the very same thing. And so for how you are, and for who you are, and for what you are. We just say, thank you. And here's the odd thing about this dynamic. That is, as we move into our future, it's a faith adventure. It is unfolding. And at the very same time, Seth and Holly have been called in a direction 
that is, that is unfolding. And so um, we're going to pray for you, and uh, we're just going to pray uh, protection. And we're going to pray that you might continue to experience many, many of those conscious feeling level moments of God's nearness and his love for you and his commitment mm -hmm. to you. But um, um, for all of us here, we just want to say thank you for loving us so well. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah, Seth has truly been a pastor within these walls, uh, in his neighborhood, outside these walls, and we're so excited to see what that, what that carries forward for you as you are a pastor to, to many in, in different ways. Uh, I, I met the Davidsons, uh, actually Holly first, and it was about 19 years ago, uh, and we were all in that college stage, and our wives were not interested in us at this point because we were college-aged people. Uh, but thankfully, there was some seasoning and some maturing there, and so it's been such a, a fun journey to watch you and I. Uh, so I have to ask you, though. Yes, what? Did you guys really improve, or did they just lower the bar? Uh, <laughs> a little bit of both, you know. Absolutely. Kind of vent in the middle, right, Seth? <laughs> That's right. <laughs> While also marrying up. We'll just... Without question. Yeah. Um, forgot where I was going, Tom. <laughs> Sorry. I'm serious. <laughs> Still serious. Are there any funny stories or anything yes, nice you'd yes, like to thank share? Thank you. We've you done got this it. twice already. You got so it. He's on to my. Um, I should have just let you squirm. Yeah, that was kind of fun. Yeah, that would have been the final good prank because there there have been many pranks uh, through the years, and Seth and I have uh, have been a part of some of those together. More me learning from him, and uh, and we have had side splitting laughter in these last two decades, um, specifically these last eight years being on staff here together. Uh, uh, but, but I think the things that, because uh, we could have a pint or a coffee and like laugh forever, but the things that have meant most to me about you, Seth, are, are the reach outs, the, the text or the phone call when he knew that I was having a hard time or that when any one of you was having a hard time. It's the smallest thing and it's the, the thing that, that makes a pastor a pastor is that they think of how the sheep are hurting and how the sheep are feeling. And they pick up the phone and they reach out to those sheep. Uh, and, and all of us have been that um, under your care in, in so many ways. So we're gonna pray for Seth now and just ask God to bless the Davidson's next journey for Drew and Stella, their, their sweet kiddos, that God would just give them all that they need. Tom, can I pray first? You bet. <laughs> God, we thank you for the Davidsons. We just thank you for who they are, how they are, and how they've faithfully shepherded uh, in this season. We just ask that you would go with them uh, in the next, and that, that you would provide for their every need, and that you would give them the deepest, most affectionate, loving thoughts that you have about them, and that this blessing would, would, be, would be tangible and felt in these days. Thank you for their kids. Thank you for their extended family. And we love that this is a, uh, a see you later, but, but not a goodbye. In your name, Jesus. Well, Lord, again, we just thank you for your generous spirit in giving the Davidsons uh, to us. And um, for so many years. And we just trust you to be going before them to be going beside them, to be going behind them. 
God, may they see you everywhere they turn. Just ask you, would you just continue to expand their capacity um, to hear you, to follow you? Would you continue to increase their resolve to keep putting one foot in front of the other in spite of there being no final destination in sight? But we thank you. Father, we just collectively as a community, we thank you for the future that you have for all of us within these walls, beyond these walls. We all collectively say yes to you, God, for whatever the adventure is that you are calling each of us to. And may we have the courage to start the journey before having 100% of the details. With the knowledge and the confidence that you are good, that you love your children, and that you will truly complete that what you have begun in all our lives. So we think, say thank you for this new day, for Holly and Seth, for Heartland, and for everyone in this room. We just say, come Lord Jesus, invite us and empower us to be everything that you've created us to be. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. You too. Yeah, I forgot to say that one last time. A big Heartland welcome yeah. that takes the stage, yeah. Uh-oh. Well, thank you, Tom and Shibu. Um, you are truly one of a kind to me and to us, each of you. And uh, thank you to the Heartland staff and elders, um, just the incredible team of leaders we have around here. And um, thank you to the friends who have been part of our community, uh, who have loved us so well and are loved so well. And, and thank you, Heartland, each of you and all of you. Um, you have been home for Holly and I since we were teenagers. Um, every part of our faith journey and then our family's faith journey has been shaped and encouraged and blessed uh, through you. And we hope we've also made an impact as well. So thank you. Well, I was thinking this week about one of those early sort of big steps of faith in my faith journey where I decided to go sort of into an unknown land, a journey between, you might say, to what I believed was called the promised land. So I was about to graduate high school, any high school upcoming graduates, upcoming college graduates, that's right. So you know what it's like, the excitement of what's next. And at this particular time, I thought I was going to go to KU. I had, you know, my scholarships in and all of those things. And then there was a curveball and I decided to go to K-State, go Cats. And we called that the place of pure purple power, Manhattan or the promised land. That was the first of, of a number of big transitions, kind of life-altering courses, and maybe you've had similar things 
New opportunities, closed doors, distant horizons, surprises. Like for me, when Holly and I then went to Lawrence to plant a church and became huge, rabid Jayhawks fans. Go Hawks. My guess is for you, the more years you've lived and experiences you've had, so much of your life you've realized is spent on the journey between what you hope for and the fulfillment of that. Your hopes, dreams, and expectations. Those hope-filled promises or using the language of this series between the promise, that which is hoped for, and the promised land, the fulfillment of that. What is that for you? And where are you at right now? What is that sort of, if you feel like you're in an in-between place, wherever that is, a little unsettled, maybe there's excitement, maybe there's fear, but what is that place for you? Because I think we can all relate to those times where there's big decisions or life trajectory altering courses or significant relationships or maybe a move or relocation, whatever is a big step of faith. When was the last time you were invited on a journey like that? When you considered a pivot full of high hopes, maybe some fears that may have even required you to leave I was thinking about another one of those earlier experiences for me. It was about 16 years ago where I met this incredible gal. And we dated for about nine months, a little less, wouldn't recommend it. Um, But I was ready for a new trajectory. And so I called first Holly's dad and then Holly's mom. And and with each of them, I shared uh, my intention. That I was going to make promises to their daughter, that I would love and serve her and her alone. And so I asked them for their blessing with great excitement. And they were so good, they gave that to me. And I'm sure they were also looking at me like, you are clueless, buddy. Because you have no idea what you're asking and what it's going to take And I was clueless about all of those things, but now I also realize I was clueless what I was asking of them. Because in that moment, I was changing for them forever what home would be like. But they gave that blessing, and for us, that's been a journey like no other that I'm so grateful for every day. Well, the life of Abraham and Sarah in the scriptures were in this series. There's so many lessons to learn about the faith journey, and almost all of Abraham and Sarah's story actually happens between the promise and the promised land. It's in that journey between that's so important. Last week, Brad kicked us off so wonderfully. He talked about Abraham. He called him Abe. Abram, they're all the same person that develops their story over time. But Abram is the father of the Hebrew people, the founder of the Jewish and then the Christian faith. And he is a man, he and Sarah, who will carry God's promise. One reason that song was so powerful that Nick and the band so capably led us into as the spirit of God was so present, those came from Abraham's story. Those came from scriptures. And so I want to remind us in the text what uh, Brad started with last week, this blessing. See these promises that God gave to Abram. So then the Lord had said to Abram, leave your native country, your relatives and your father's family and go to the land that I will show you. I will make you into a great nation. 
I will bless you and make you famous, and you will be a blessing to others. I will bless those who bless you and curse those who treat you with contempt, and all the families on earth will be blessed through you. That's quite a promise, isn't it? And so Abraham and Sarah took a step, a a leap, a, a lifetime of faith, and they departed as the Lord instructed. So today's focus, we're actually going to back up just one step because it took faith to even get them to that point because there was a unique faith that was required for them to actually leave home so that they could receive the promise and the blessing God have had for them. We're going to back up it to the end of Genesis chapter 11 today. So this is the account of Terah's family. Terah was the father of Abram, Abraham, Nahor, and Haran, and Haran was the father of Lot. But Haran died in Ur of the Chaldeans, the land of his birth, while his father, Terah, was still living. Meanwhile, Abram and Nahor both married. The name of Abram's wife was Sarai, or Sarah, and the name of Nahor's wife was Milcah. Milcah and her sister Iscah were daughters of Nahor's brother, Haran. But Sarai was unable to become pregnant and had no children. Does that all make sense? This is why some of us don't open the Old Testament. Am I right? It doesn't on first blink seem meaningful. It's a whole lot of family history that that may not make a lot of sense. We also see a sneak peek into a personal journey that for Abraham and Sarah, they've waited for a promise of a son that is delayed for a long, long time. We'll revisit that in the series. But there are a lot of lessons we can learn even to back up here about the faith required to leave home. So it says, one day Terah took his son Abram, his daughter-in-law Sarai, his son Abram's wife, and his grandson Lot, his son Haran's child, and moved away from Ur of the Chaldeans. He was headed to the land of Canaan, that's the promised land, but they stopped at Haran and settled there. Terah lived for 205 years and died while still in Haran. That's a long time of being between a promise and a promised land, isn't it? So I know there's a lot confusing about this. It may not make sense at first blink. Like, is Haran his brother or the place where he stayed? Yes, both of those things, not related. But that's right there in this moment between the promise and the promised land that we pick up Genesis 12. Because the Lord had said to Abram, there, leave your native country, your relatives and the father's family, and go to the land that I will show you. What did it take for Abram and Sarah to actually hear that call and step out in faith? And what can we learn about faith, you and I, wherever we are, in whatever our in-between place might be? And why in the world would God call them to leave home? Because that's where the text begins. And the Lord said to Abram, leave your native country. Leave all that is familiar. Leave the familiar land. Leave your home. The home, as you well know, was Ur of the Chaldeans, the beautiful, flourishing port city. Now, I know you don't know that, didn't know that because I didn't before this week. 
But Ur was located kind of at the delta of the Tigris and the Euphrates rivers in the Persian Gulf, and that meant the land was like luxuriant. It was a great place to build crops, but it was also located as to be like a, a business port, a thriving, booming economy, this coastal waterway that went inland and throughout the known world. Like this was a happening place. This was a great place to be successful. This was a great place for many to call home. Turns out, this was a really comfortable place, a lot going for it. And I think that may be one reason it was important for God to call Abram and Sarah, because if you're like me, I would choose the comfortable instead of maybe what I should do. I would choose things that I'm in control of as opposed to the unknown road. See, the reality is the comforts of familiar lands can sometimes keep you from God's best plans. Not bad stuff, but really good stuff. The comfort of the familiar lands can keep you from God's best plans. That may be one reason that necessitated a transition for them, but there were actually more because there was something about this homeland that was great to be successful, but not a good place to raise a family and certainly not a place to grow in faith. Because what we learn elsewhere in the scriptures, and I'm not going to go there right now, but Ur of the Chaldeans was this land beyond the river, and no one followed God. It was as pagan as you could possibly get. And so there was no way from God's perspective, it seems, in this context where they could start a family of faith. Because yes, the comforts can hinder, but also the temptations of the familiar land can at times hinder God's best plans. I think those are a couple reasons, but there may be more as well. Ur had everything you could desire. It was comfortable. It lacked a moral compass that could lead people away, but it had a culture it was even his family's culture, the culture Terah was in. And so for the Abram and Sarah to follow God, it required, going back to the verse, not just leaving their native country, but their relatives and the father's family as well. Now this comes harsh to many of us, and well it should. Kids in the room or watching at home, do not say Pastor Seth said you can leave your home. That's not what's happening here. But there is a principle. Because every person or family or culture or society has bright spots and blind spots. Have bright spots and blind spots. And sometimes it's those blind spots that can keep us from experiencing all that God wants for us. I would argue it's true for American culture. I would argue it's true for the American church. I would argue it's true for you, your family of origin, your communities, your workplaces. There are bright spots and blind spots that come with culture. Let me give just one small example that may illustrate this larger point. It's something I know a lot about in our family, uh, what it's like to be in the culture of a Davidson man. So there's my father and then three sons and then my mom, and she is a saint. Thanks, Mom. Um, but here's a picture of the three Davidson boys on your left. That's Ian, the middle brother. You may recognize Bo in the middle and me on your right. And there are some bright spots 
about the Davidson family and being a Davidson man. And, and even experiencing us, we are uh, ferociously loyal. Like that's the way we are. We really love people. Uh, we are laser-like in our focus. Whatever we're thinking about, oftentimes we have the tenacity to make it happen. And we are passion-driven in so many ways, most of them good, some of them not. But those are all bright spots of what it means to be in the Davidson culture and in the family. But as our wives will tell you, there are some blind spots as well. You see, with that same sort of fierce loyalty also comes an aversion to any type of conflict at all. I didn't even know what conflict was until I got married, literally. And that's not commentary on my wife, by the way. That's the culture we grew up in. We are so focused, which is awesome, but we can be focused on the thing in front of us at the exclusion of everything else. And we can sometimes be really passionate about quirky things, can't we, Bo? Chickens, mushrooms, organic farming, prepping. I should say things about Ian too. And then there are all the things that I do that just drive my wife and family and everyone else crazy because we're so fierce in the things that we do. Do you get the point? Person, culture, family, society, bright spots and blind spots, and not always, but sometimes it's the comfort of familiar lands that can keep us from God's best plans, or it's the, the temptations or the problems in our current place that could keep us, or sometimes it's just simply the blind spots that can keep us from individually, collectively from God's best plans. Does that make sense? And so at this time in the life of Abraham and Sarah, it became necessary for them to leave the familiar lands, to leave their native country, your relatives, and your father's family, and to go into a land I will show you. That's what the text says. But even more than what's happening in Ur-Ur and the ways God is drawing them out, there's something even more significant for them in this moment, and that's this. It required a step of faith. For them to follow God and experience all he had for them, they had to give up their agenda, their comforts, and to follow him. And so here's the really important thing that I want you to know about their story, and maybe we can apply it to ours. It's that sometimes the faith to leave familiar lands can guide us towards God's plans. It takes faith to follow when we've clearly heard and then can courageously as a staff team and creative team and leadership team, we wanted today, like every Sunday, to be about worship and the word and God's spirit interacting with his people and not so much about a transition in our leadership, in this case, mine, which I'm really grateful for. But I am grateful this week that so many of you, as you've begun to hear the news, just felt prompted to reach out and to encourage Holly and I and to our family. I want you to know that's been so deeply meaningful, calls and texts, the way a group of neighbors left all these cards on my front windshield this morning. I want you to know it's been deeply, deeply appreciated. And I want to share just one of those, not because it's more significant than the others, but because it ties directly to what's happening in the text. And I think is a beautiful example of how, uh, of just what God wants to speak to us today, because I didn't have a way to end the message, and this helped me get there. Uh, a little context, dear friend, an incredible family, he's in his 70s, 
part of Heartland. He's got some experience. And so he reached out to say this. Hi, Seth, just heard the news. Praying for you and Holly in what is likely a difficult season. And then he connected it to his story. I've been through five work transitions and a broken marriage. So I understand some of your current journey. In my own faith journey, he said, Abraham's faith was so out of reach. How could I have faith like that? Until one day I saw something new in Genesis 12.1. The verb is past tense. Now God had said to Abram. Well, I had to think about that and I had to go back to the scriptures and, and he was right. <laughs> it was past tense. And I want you to know my friend is one of you. He's not a trained pastor. But he had this insight from God that he was able to offer me not knowing in any way I was speaking from this very passage. That story had started years before at the end of chapter 11 he said, and Terah took Abram from Ur to Canaan, but stayed at Haran. Suddenly, I could now relate to Abraham. It was the discovery of the unfortunate chapter break. I'd not been able to connect the dots before in the story of God, but then he started sharing about his story and ours. You see, it's like those dots are seasons of transition or change in my life. And at first they seem really unclear and confusing, but over time, a picture emerges. And that was his hope for us. And he closed just by saying, may God continue to bless you and Holly and your family on the next leg of the journey. Well, that's deeply meaningful for me as so many have been, but also for us for a few reasons. One. I believe the Spirit of God prompted this saint through the scriptures and his spirit to offer a word of encouragement to me that was timely for, for him and for me and for us. First service in particular, I almost uh, kind of broke down in tears and it was this thought. A human could not write the story that we've been given. A human could not do that. And I was talking about, I was thinking of my story. It was a beautiful, beautiful thing, and it's a moment where the God of heaven steps down into our lives, I believe, in this way, using his scriptures and community to do so. That's one reason it was deeply meaningful. A second is it gave me that connection, this whole story. God's call happened between the promise. Evidently, it happened in Ur. We don't read about it. It happened between the promise and the promised land. It's a beautiful insight for us. But there's another thing for context that I think is really significant because if this man's story and his life well lived, which it is, gives us context, he didn't reference hundreds or thousands of times he's been at this like faith to go moment. He referenced six. And so there's a handful of folks perhaps in this room or online, not unlike the Davidson family where it's very clear the Lord is calling us with his words to go somewhere else. That happens from time to time, but for most of us, there's a different application the Lord would have for us today. And so again, today isn't about my journey or our family's journey. Today is about God's story and the way his story connects with and spurs all of you. How he can guide us wherever we're at, whatever our journey between is. And so I've been asking questions. 
what do you need to hear today? What, what do people, what do all of you need to hear? And what could I leave you with that might bring encouragement and direction, particularly if you're feeling some sort of in-between thing? How can God's word give encouragement to you on your journey as God has given it to Holly and I? And what might God be saying to you today? And what's he asking you to do about it? And so I believe individually the Lord has something for you and it's probably one of these four things. Wherever you're at in your in-between journey, whatever that looks like, my assumption is God's spirit wants to say one of four things, either wait, stay, grow, or go. Wait, stay, grow, or go. Let me explain. Wherever you're at, there's a good chance what the Lord is asking of you is to wait. And often that's the most challenging thing about the journey between, isn't it? And we may spend more time in that space than any other. Abram and Sarah did like 12 chapters of waiting. They waited in Haran. They waited for a child. They waited for the blessings to come about. And by the time they get to the promised land, like their story ends in scripture, at least that's our experience, and it's handed to their children. You and I, I think it's the same way for us. Much of what God wants to do through us, he first does in us. And it's in our seasons of waiting that he can do his best work. So God may be saying to wait. So the first question I want every person in this room to ask of the Lord, wherever you're at in your in-between time throughout the series is, is God inviting me to patiently wait? God, are you inviting me to patiently wait? Second thing I believe God may say to many of us in ways that, that only he can do, in ways that we can understand wherever we're at, is to stay to stay. You see, as an American culture and even a Christian culture, we find it pretty easy to bail or to leave or to go, particularly when things get tough, right? Life is hard. Relationships can be messy. And the reality is it's just so much easier to leave than it is to stay so often. Am I right? It's easier to leave marriages or jobs or communities or even churches. But you know what takes a lot of courage? It takes a lot of courage to stay. It takes real, true courage to go through the hard work and then hear clearly and be willing to stay even when it would be easier just to go. So wherever you're at on your in-between journey, that's the second question I want you to ask. Is God asking me to have courage to stay? God asking me to have the courage to stay. So wait, stay, grow. See, here's the deal. The entire point of our journey isn't so much about the destination getting there. It's that we would grow along the way. It's true in Abraham and Sarah's story, and it's true for you and I, because no matter if we're going or staying or waiting, it's all to accomplish God's purpose in us that we would grow, that we would be not the man or woman we are today, but that we would become over time the man or woman he dreams for us to be. See, for our Father, the journey is more important than the destination. That journey, so much of which is in that journey between time, is more important than the destination. Why? 
Because it's in that journey and those in-between times that we grow, that we become the type of men and women who can do the things God's asking us to do. But there's something even more significant than that. Because God is not the God of the destination. He's the God of the journey. He'll reach us right where we are, but never leave us that way. And so if we can trust in him and grow in him in relationship with him on the journey, we have that relationship that, yes, is there when we get there, but is cultivated over time. That's the way it works in this life of faith. And so the third question, maybe the most significant for you today, is what type of person am I becoming And in what ways is God allowing the present circumstances to help me grow? In what ways is God allowing the present circumstances to help me grow? So for most of us, a vast majority of us, wherever our in-between times are, the Lord is asking us in some way to wait or asking us to stay or asking us to be where we are so that we can grow. And there may be a few of us in whatever it is in our lives, like what's happening for the Davidsons, where God may be clearly saying, go. And if that's the case, my encouragement is to first ask and answer all of those three questions first, to do so before God and in community. To get to the point where you know you've heard and heard clearly that this isn't just a good idea, but it's a God idea. Because whether you're waiting or staying or growing and going, you won't have the courage or the confidence unless you've heard clearly from the voice of God. It was God who said to Abram and Sarah, it's time to go, so they went. If you believe your time is to go, whatever that looks like, make sure you've heard clearly that you can go courageously because you need that confidence that it wouldn't just be easier to go. And so let me close our time uh, just with a blessing for Heartland and then a blessing for each of you personally. Lord, I pray for Heartland in our new future as you've guided and directed us, our staff and our leadership team, to head into new horizons with this unfolding picture. I pray for newer and even greater things. I pray that many men, women, and children would come to saving faith in you all throughout the city, starting around here, that you would use what happens in here to fill the streets out there. I pray for new and greater things even than what you've already done for Christ and for his purposes in this community, in our city, and in our world. And for each person, each man, woman, and child, each of you, I do pray that God would bless you and keep you, that he would make his face to shine upon you, that the Lord would be gracious to you and give you his peace. It's in the name of Jesus that I say go. Have a great week.